from a galaxy far, far away. And a bookshelf straight out of the 90s. From Thrawn to Dantooine. And everything in between. This is Legends Look Back. Hello everybody and welcome to Legends Look Back. Proudly part of the Utini Podcast Network. That's fun to say. That's new. We are a Star Wars books podcast for people who love Captain Planet even when it's not Earth Day. Where we talk about all things Legends, celebrating our rich EU history as well as diving into lesser known Star Wars classics. I'm your host, Jared Mays, and... I am joined by my brother from another cloning tank, Freddie C. What's up, Freddie? I'm doing great, man. Wearing my tank top, a nice warm day. I see you're wearing your hoodie. Uh, contrast I'm getting sweaty, though. <laughs> I'm going to admit, it is getting toasty here under these lights. <laughs> Glad to have you with us. Also with us this week, the number one Bo-Katan collector in Illinois, probably, Meg Dowell. Uh, hello, hello, hello. Uh, being being right in the middle of both of you in the Midwest, um, yeah. the weather can't decide what it's going to be. So, like last week, <laughs> it snowed. Um, yesterday, it was like eighty, and today it's like in the fifties. So, you know what? Uh, we're just going with it at this point. It's fine. That's right. That's right. It's like you pick up a Legends book. It's like, hey, whatever is going to happen, I'm just going to roll with it. Does it make sense? Not always. <laughs> Is it enjoyable anyway? Absolutely. Pretty much. Absolutely. Well, uh, we like to start off the show by showing off new items in our collection. I've got a few new ones this week. I would like to see if you if you guys have any that you'd like to show off. While I give you a second uh, to find yours, stalling here, I'll show off a couple of new ones I got in the mail this week. We got Thrawn Ascendancy Chaos Greater... What is this book called? <laughs> Thrawn Ascendancy... Greater Good by, uh, what's this guy's name? Timothy Zahn? You ever heard of him? <laughs> Freddie, how cool is it that we've got new Star Wars books by Timothy Zahn yeah. still rolling out 30 years later? Yeah, the, you know, Legends, uh, I think Ahsoka might have said it herself. I, I think it was Ahsoka, but but Legends find their way into into everything, right? Uh, legends? Something like that. I'm not sure how <laughs> she no said it. There's no way. <laughs> so, uh, you know, Ahsoka's like, ah, you know, Legends, it finds its way in things and, and places. Hey, uh, and Legends, <laughs> ever heard of it? <laughs> uh, just from the words of Abraham Lincoln, I love legends. <laughs> you never, you, sh, you what is the Michael Scott quote? Uh, you sh, you miss a hundred percent of the shots. You don't take Wayne Gretzky. I don't know. He's like, <laughs> that's how that felt to me. Oh man, yeah, yeah. It's so cool. You know, especially I'm going to say something that is mentioned on page twelve. All right, so this is not spoilery. If if you consider a spoiler any detail from a book you haven't read, all right, then it would be. But I consider spoilers big plot points, big reveals, major twists, character deaths, things like that. On page 12, we get a little reference to the Vagari, who are the the pirate villains. Are they villains? We'll talk about it next week. From Outbound Flight. So we've got this Legends reference reincorporated. What was especially fun was our friend our friend Cheryl uh, in the Discord. I was like trying to do another podcast, actually, a couple nights ago. She like excitedly messages me and says, Outbound Flight is canon. Well, was she flailing her arms? I don't know. It was over Discord. But I was so excited to get to share in that, uh, that, Legends, uh, that Legends news. Awesome. Is it Legends news? Yeah, I think yeah. we can call it Legends yeah. news. 
Of course. Uh, how about you, Freddie? You got anything to show off? Uh, no, but the quote is, there's always a bit of truth in legends. That's what I was going for. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, actually, that's great. yeah, I got this little thing. I'm not sure. It's, it's not Star Wars related, uh, but it is, it is something from, I can't tell, the 2000s. Little Chevron car named Freddy Four Wheeler, right there. <laughs> what? That's I've never heard of that Star Wars book. <laughs> yeah, I've I've been on a hiatus of Legends purchasing, of course, after my uh, little uh, sideshow. Where is it? There it is, right there. Yeah, yeah. You gotta slow your <laughs> spending roll, I'm sure. Whoop. Yeah, so that that took a big chunk out. Uh, but uh, you know, with with May the Fourth around the corner, I'm thinking that drought's gonna end. Yeah, yeah. I famously said last week, it might have been live on the air, it might have been behind the scenes, that like I'm not going to buy any more Star Wars stuff for a month. I'm just going to give myself a month. No, famous last words, I did. I bought more stuff. Oh, it happened. No. Um, I, but, you know, I did stop myself from buying other Star Wars things I thought about. Uh, specifically, excited to share in some of this big Legends comic sale, which we're going to talk about more in just a second. But first, Meg, do you have any new acquisitions to show Aww. off? I've got more if I've got to. Uh, if, if, if I need to I, show oh, off actually, more, I will. I do, since you... Here, hold on. I'm getting it. Oh, my God, it's heavy. Uh. So, wait, where am I? There I am, I'm here. In addition to the new Thrawn book that we got. Now, my dog is interested. Um, we also got this book, Art of Galaxy's Edge. I couldn't remember what it was. Um, look oh, at it. Oh, gorgeous. It's huge. Yeah, and it's, it's shiny. It, well, yes, it's shiny and it's huge and it's pretty. And I can't wait to uh, to uh, read it and look through it. And um, yeah, so just as always, Star Wars books, just they never stop. I'm not mad about it. There's there's actually been quite a few books that were released like this week, and then even more coming out next week. Uh, the the Star Wars Insider, <laughs> what do we call this thing? The the infamous book that's been delayed multiple times, <laughs> but I have actually seen pictures on Twitter of people holding this thing. The Insider Fiction Epic. No, hold on, I can do this. The Ultimate Star Wars. All right, last time. <laughs> <laughs> the Insider Fiction Collection, right? It's got the short stories yep. from in- Star Wars one, Insider. There's gonna be, yeah. there's gonna be, there's already a second one announced. The first one, however, has gotten delayed so much that I'm like, it's gonna even be out before the second one. Anyway, it's supposed to be out on May 4th. I'm really excited to read it. Once we get it, have some time to read it. We're gonna talk about it here on the show. Ooh. Couldn't be more excited for that. Uh, I'm gonna show it off just like I'm gonna show off these couple more comics I got in the mail. It was uh, actually forgot I ordered these. Was excited when they when they came in. I've got the Jan Dersima variant on. What is this? High Republic number four? It's gorgeous. I love it. It might be my last variant. I buy it. I'm trying to slow my roll on these, but I do love Jan Dersima. Oh, of course. Legends. Uh, what do we call her? She's a Legends legend, isn't she? And then this is, I think, my favorite High Republic variant cover so far. This is Mark Row, Signed by, can you see the signature down there? By Mike Mayhew himself. Wow. Very proud of that. I like to collect the creator signatures. And one other thing I got on my recent uh, thrift story tour, the magical thrift story tour, in fact, is what I called it as we went to different thrift stores and used bookstores looking for Star Wars books. I got this pristine copy of Karen Travis's Clone Wars novelization, which is one of the few books, uh, Star Wars books I haven't read. Uh, it was like, you know, I just watched the show instead. It was like, yeah, yeah, I'll get to that eventually, but I know what happens. Karen Travis, though, love her writing. Can't wait to read it. 
You ever read this one, Freddy? It's kind, I, of a, kind of an obscure one. I think a lot of people snoozed on it because it's a novelization. I snoozed on it. Uh, not not on purpose, but I just I haven't read that one yet, which is great. There's still some some Legends books I haven't read, which is nice. That's right. you got to keep some in the back pocket. And quite literally, this is it's kind of thin. Like, it would fit in the back pocket, especially if you're wearing those 90s cargo pants. Jinko like, jeans. Uh, we like to wear on, <laughs> on the Legends look back. Also, here for our... Our Thraken's Thrift Store segment. Let us know. You got any new Star Wars acquisitions? We'd love to hear about them. Cheryl in the chat says that she just got that Star Wars Icons Han Solo book. That uh, that $50 one that I got off the top shelf. (laughs) 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 That that crazy Ollie's adventure that I had. Excited that Cheryl was able to get her hands on that too. Absolutely gorgeous book. Absolutely gorgeous. Well, Freddie, what is up in the world of Legends news? It's time for Legends Lookout, our newly named segment here. Yeah. Oh, look at that lookout you just did. Uh, <laughs> thanks to our buddy Eric for coming up with that name. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's, what do we uh, have coming down the pipeline? So, I mean, there's there's a few things going on that I found out about, but we've got, uh, let's see, six, eight, six out of eight of the adult novels on the release schedule page on Utini are Legends books at the moment. Isn't that crazy? Um, and most of these are, of course, like the the, the re-releases, the, what are we calling these? The epic, oh, I keep botching this name, <laughs> the Star Wars Essential Legends Collections. I think that's it. So we got, you know, Shatterpoint, mm-hmm. Heir to the Empire. Uh, so a bunch of those are on the adult books uh, release schedule page, which I was going through the other day to try to find out what day that uh, Insider Fiction Collection comes out. I was like, I think it's supposed to be here soon. And it was just like legends, 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 High Republic, legends, legends. And I was just like, where's my show notes? This is going on the show. That's a lot of legends. It's That's a good amazing. Time to be a legends Six out fan. of eight. Yeah, crazy. Wow. Um, and another fun thing in the world of legends, of course, is the fact that this past week we just celebrated, celebrated or mourned, depending on your <laughs> point of view, of course. The fact that it has now been seven years since that fateful day in April of 2014 oh, yeah. when the Legends Canon's declaration happened. Um, the Declaration of Independence from <laughs> Canon is what I like to call it. Independent from our Disney overlords. <laughs> no, <laughs> we, no. We, as, we sta- as we said here earlier in the chat, we stand both. Yeah, I've actually read every single Canon adult yeah. book. At this point, and some of the junior readers too. I just—it's one of those things where, as I came out, I just read them one at a time. It's not like I ever intended to be a completionist on this, as much as like I just like Star Wars books and I read them when they come out. <laughs> yeah, mine um, comes from uh, uh, you know I haven't read as many canon books, which is cool because that means there's a lot more Star Wars I haven't read. But from my point of view, it's just I like collecting the amount of knowledge and just knowing a lot about Star Wars, even the most inane things. And there's no oh, way to get that without reading. You, then. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, do you remember what you were doing when you found out that, like, the EU had been, uh, I don't want to say sidelined, but for lack of a better word, uh, yeeted over into left field? <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. I, man, I, this is hard. Seven years ago, I had, you know what? I know exactly what I was doing. I was, uh, playing Star Wars Galaxies with my buddies on my our private server and uh we were we were trying to talk about you know what's going to happen with Star Wars what what's what's next we were I was so afraid that they were just going to get rid of the EU and I didn't but at the same time I you know there's there's such a market with uh 
with Star Wars books. So, you know, it's, it's hard to even think that they would get rid of that, right? Like, why? Why would you do that? So I was pretty excited because I, I was curious to see what was going to come next, how they were going to restart it. And if you know anything about Legends, uh, there's, there's a whole thing with the craziness of Legends, right? And it's, you know, it, it wouldn't hurt to start fresh in some cases. <laughs> yeah, that, that's actually my opinion on it. I, I appreciated that it was actually a closed canon at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, canon just means like a unit of measurement, right? So like it is a, a, a closed story. For the most part, we actually just got a new... Um, <laughs> just got a new short story from the old Republic universe, like last week. Just read it a couple days ago. It was great. I loved it. It was like a, a renegade Jedi fighting against Darth Malgus in the ruins of Dantooine. I mean, it was great. It's like very legendsy legend stuff. So, but for the most part, like it is closed. Like that story, you can read the whole thing in its entirety, and you don't have to keep up with everything, which I actually considered a good thing. Uh, I know that uh, just the other day, standing in line at the used bookstore, there's a guy who was like, oh, I used to read Star Wars books until they ruined it. And I was like, I actually don't feel that way. And here's a good one to pick up. The dude just you know, spent $3 right there and bought uh, one of the Bounty Hunter Wars books because hmm. he's like, I like Mandalorian. And so we can, we can merge the galaxies, all right? We can get along. Uh, we can stand hand in hand, especially if those hands are full of Legends books. Am I right? Then Jared yeeted him uh, right out the store. That's right. Uh, I yeeted my uh, yeeted my bank account. Is what I did on all these amazing books they had. Uh, Freddie, what's going on in the world of Star Wars Galaxies? Well, okay, so we all know that there's a lot of different private servers for Star Wars Galaxies, and there's a new one coming out, which is actually pretty interesting to me. It's called uh, Restoration Three, and their website is restoration dash gaming dot com, I believe, and they're bringing back uh, a lot of the the you know i'm going to talk star wars talk right now so there's or star wars galaxies talk there's different genres they had combat upgrade pre-combat upgrade there there was like a new game enhancement there was different phases right freddie knows way more about this than i realized (laughs) yeah i I do so the pre-cu is when i started playing which is the very beginnings of the game the very first concepts well these guys are taking the combat upgrade uh which they call the cu they're taking the best parts of that with the best parts of some of the uh, NGE, you know, some of the content that came from there, the planets, the, the, the good stuff, right? And they're just merging it in instead of trying the to... Juicy bits. Exactly. They're taking the juicy bits from all the places and putting it into one one game, which is perfect. I mean, I, I, I liked a lot of that older stuff and, you know, the, the mechanics were different, but uh, I'm, I'm excited to see what they're doing. They've already got 700 people signed up in the beta. So, wow! Hey, yeah. that's great. Are you one of them? I, I, I am. I okay. Am. I, what a surprise! Oh, <laughs> uh, what a surprise! It's like I'm interested, but I've been trying to play the the Old Republic for a year or two now, and it's still going, still <laughs> slowly but surely. It's a dense game, so I can't imagine that I will get through that in time to jump on board with that. But hey, if you're into galaxies like Freddy, congratulations. It's exciting to have some new content coming down the pipe. And one final thing in the world of Legends news, we've got a huge Legends comic sale happening on Comixology. Talked about it a little bit earlier in the episode. That is over there on Amazon in their Kindle store or in Comixology because, like the Empire, they own both Kindle and Comixology. <laughs> um, you can, in fact, and this here's the coolest news. I love that Emma shared this with me the other day. You can read all of Dark Empire for 99 cents. That's amazing. I mean, there's no better deal in the galaxy. I actually 
went ahead. I mean, I've been subscribing to Comixology Unlimited for a long time, but instead of having that monthly payment to the to the man, I went ahead and bought all the Legends comics outright on this sale. That way, like I owned them, and I could cancel that monthly payment so that like there's you know we're not gonna have random funds drafted out of my bank account I, and now anytime i want to read them they're there i don't have to worry about did i pay my comicsology they're there you know and so in particular i'm thinking about reading crimson empire next i've listened mm-hmm. to the audio drama of it but have never actually read the comic of it you ever read crimson empire freddie yeah it's been a, it's been a while but uh I, I'm looking at this sale. I can't believe it. Fourteen ninety nine now ninety nine cents. Heck yeah! Count me in. That's <laughs> <Yes>, amazing. <laughs> Actually, after I bought that, then I started looking up how I could get my hands on the Crimson Empire Saga hardcover that was published in two thousand twelve. Because you know, I, I can't stop myself. But I've not bought it yet. But if you see a good deal on one, hey, shoot me a message in Discord. And I want to say thank you to our buddy Jacob the Spice Den over there in the chat for providing a link to the sale. Uh, and I want to thank our friend Taco Timothy for setting up those links for us. Get those affiliate – I always mess up that title. Uh, Utini affiliate links going. And if you click on those, we get a few cents to help keep the lights on. A little bit of a kickback there on those. And uh, I did this, like, crazy redneck scheme at <laughs> – if you spent $25 through the Kindle store, then you got a $6 credit back. So if you actually merge your Amazon account and your Comixology account, and then you spent $25, you got 6 bucks back, which then you could go and spend on more Legends comics. And, yeah, there's going to be a lot of Legends comics happening after I finish my semester of grad school next week. It's going to be legendary, that's for sure. <laughs> um, well... One of the things that you can learn about, of course, in those Legends comics is the crazy amount of super weapons that we've got happening over in the Legends galaxy. Freddie, this was your idea for this episode. What uh, what gave you the feeling that you might want to talk about these technological terrors? Was it like, you know, like this urge to blow up the planet after the coronavirus <laughs> and the election? It's just like, all right, scrap it. Where's my Next Where's planet. another Death Star? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, there's there's one running theme in a lot of Legends books and a lot of Legends content is there has to be some sort of ultimate fear, right? And in most cases, that ultimate fear is a super weapon. And and there's there's all different types, right? There there's there's some that the Hut created, and I'll I'll get to one of those. I don't even see that in your list, which is going to be interesting. Uh-oh. And then of course we're we're going back to like a thousand, hundred thousand BBY, right? Like no one really knows who invented it and what the purpose of it was. And it's going to be interesting. There's a lot of history in legends and super weapons. So it's curious stuff. I love that the idea that before civilizations were even developed, people were already trying to blow each other up. Exactly. <laughs> and in fact, this has been an ongoing thing, even in canon. You know, there's been a couple of new super weapons developed. Love it. There was even an arc of... I don't know if it was Doctor Aphra or, or the mainline Star Wars comic fairly recently, where like there was this whole lead, where the the rebels were developing this super weapon, and then I, I don't remember totally, but I think like the end of the story was like there was no super weapon and it was all a gag. But like we bu- we bought it, we believed it. We were like, okay, yeah, of course there's another super weapon. There, there's always another always su- super weapon, and so. Freddie, let me ask you before we start running down the list here. What do you think is the allure of 
of using a super weapon in a Star Wars story. You know, you mentioned there being an ultimate terror. Uh, why do these authors keep coming back to this plot point? You know, I've been trying to figure this out. What is it about super weapons in Star Wars? Why do they love it so much? One, I mean, it's it's kind of easy, right, to to create something as fearsome as as a super weapon, and and you know, they they look pretty cool. Like the Sun Crusher is just a floating, I don't know, uh, ice cream cone uh, with with <laughs> ultimate destruction and indestructible ice cream cone. <laughs> yeah, exactly, it's not gonna. It's not going to crack on you if you drop With it. laser turrets. Yeah. And Kip Duran and his haircut, especially. Yeah. So it, it, it's, it's it, part of it, I think, comes from how can we create something that's, that is going to terrorize a lot of people and is, is going to put, you know, it, it's going to put the, the rebellion or whoever's most likely the rebellion, right? Uh, for instance, how, how do we destroy this thing? That's, that's almost, uh, I guess indestructible, right? How do we destroy this thing that's almost indestructible that could literally just decimate an entire planet, planets, uh, sun, you know, whatever it is, stars? How do how do we destroy this thing? And 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 it, you see, you know, you've got like the uh, the the Bothan spies, you've got um, you know R two D two with his his the plans trying and they're trying to figure out how where the weak points are and stuff like that. So yeah, it, right. It, it leads to a lot of of world building around how do we beat this thing yeah and then sometimes there's not a ton of world building and that's what's funny (laughs) is like you know in the force awakens han says there's gotta be a way to blow it up right and so everybody's like okay nope no plot there we're just gonna go blow it up fine all right here we go let's keep this let's keep this ball rolling and uh, so that in and of itself was kind of funny because, like, we go into that movie having read all these books where there is some kind of a crazy plot involving how do we acquire the plans. And this time around, they were like, let's just go blow it up. Yeah, I'll just fly the Falcons just right onto the <laughs> right to the planet with a janitor in my back pocket. And, uh, that'll be all we need. <laughs> well, Freddie, you mentioned the fact that some of these are quite ancient. Why don't you start us off with the Starforge? Yeah, Starforge. So uh, Starforge started... I, I don't know if started or, or invented or created. Yeah, so we've got a picture right there of Starforge. It was created 5,000 years before the formation of the Galactic Republic. So uh, we're thinking, I think, the uh, what is it, the Ricotta at the time uh, created That's this. That's a cheese, Freddie. Uh, you, you can't fool me. <laughs> <laughs> the Ricotta. You're talking about the, the, like the fish head people? <laughs> yeah, with the eyes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the eyes over on their cheeks. Yeah, yeah so basically they, they created this this automated factory that will gather resources from the sun that are the star that it's that it's on i forget what the star's name is and it's just sucking up i'm assuming the gases the helium whatever whatever it's sucking up and it's just sucking creating, up fire sucking yeah. up fire it's creating <laughs> yeah it has the ability to create an unlimited amount of, of battle droids uh ships starships everything so it's pretty terrifying honestly imagine the thing just constantly creating creating I guess uh, weapons of destruction. Uh, so that the, I, uh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh yeah, I was gonna say this thing is is almost sentient uh, because of like how the ricotta. Uh, ri- <laughs> Man, I'm, I don't even know. <laughs> You're doing good. Yeah, yeah, just say ricotta. I won't make fun of it anymore. I'm the cheese. You off your game. There was cheese everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know they weren't that great. They were force users and they were kind of corrupted. And because of that, the the Star Forge itself was a hub of the dark side. It just dark side energy. So, uh, oh, it, I don't 
know if I remember that. It might be 10 years since I've played KOTOR. Hmm. I, I do appreciate about it that it is both... It's both like the the... What's the word I'm looking for? The MacGuffin of the game. Yeah. Like you're trying to find these star maps so that you can get to the Star Forge, but then it serves as like the central setting for the final confrontation of the game. And you infiltrate the Star Forge and you fight the, the droids that are being cranked out by the Star Forge. And then you can either join forces with the Star Forge or, you know, you run away from Malak. And I, the only way I could ever beat him was by like lobbing grenades over my shoulder and just running <laughs> as fast as possible. That's great. Because <laughs> if, he, if he gets in close, it's over, man. It's absolutely over. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, it's ancient and yet it's, it's, you know, we got we got these rumors of this new Kotor game around the corner, yeah. so it might be making a comeback. Yeah, it's, I think uh, if you have, for all those Star Wars timeline nerds out there, it's uh, thirty thousand BBY is when this thing was wow. created. Sounds right to me. Yeah, yeah. You could just throw any number up there with yeah. the thousands <laughs> yeah. of BBY, and it's <laughs> meaningless. I'm like, set before the Clone Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, Freddie, what did the Star Forge blow up? You know, each one of these. It pretty much has like its main casualty. What planet did it destroy? Oh man, uh, I know this is in the show notes. I, I got rid of the show notes and I pull up Comicsology. Whoops. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, to my memory, maybe somebody in the chat can help us out. To my memory, this is one of the only super weapons we're talking about tonight that like didn't blow up a planet directly by shooting it to death. Right? Was it Terrus? But what it does with Terrus is it creates the ships that Malik uses. To bomb the tar out of Terrace, yeah, yeah. right? So it's like it indirectly destroyed Terrace. I really love when they destroy Terrace. It's such a cool because I hate Terrace. I just hate being stuck on that planet. It takes so long to get off Terrace. John Jackson Miller famously only like it took him so long to get off of Terrace that he never got past Dantooine. He was like, <laughs> "All right, yeah, yeah, this is a long game." <laughs> but I just like I was so frustrated with Terrace, and then Malik's like, "You know what? I also hate Terrace. Blow it up!" And there it goes. Um. So each one of these, of course, has its own signature fatal flaw, right? There's always something wrong with these things. Obviously, <laughs> Luke is able to, you know, shoot the uh, proton torpedo down the exhaust port of the Death Star, and uh, Lando and and Nia Num kind of just, you know, fly up through the second Death Star, laughing and having a good old time. What though, Freddy, is the Star Forge's fatal flaw? Well, it's not really a weapon; it's a factory. Uh. It did have a defense mechanism, I believe, on the planet that was uh, somewhere on the sun. There was, like, some sort of... I'm trying to remember. It was, like, a a ship disruptor of sorts. You know, it would basically, like, an ion yeah. cannon. Uh, the, so that, is that the Unknown World that's, like, in Bane? Yeah, I think that I one's what it. It's called. Yeah. I wish I could remember Lehan? the name. Yeah. So, they're, they're, uh, Temple of the Ancients, that's what they called it. So, that was its only protection, right? And And other than that, it was... It was basically defenseless. There was I don't think there was any shields. I don't think there was any weapons. So Yeah, I like to consider its like its major fatal flaw, Malik's arrogance. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You <laughs> Malik say that. just really, really <laughs> believed that it couldn't be destroyed and Revan, you know, uh, we've already dealt with him. He's not much of a problem. We stole his girl. Um, you know, at that point, once he had turned Bastil over to the dark side, he was like, you know, nothing you can do about it, man. And so uh, out of all of these, you know, some of these have more technological problems than others but uh, for this one it's mostly battle meditation hey, revan is op and if you let revan on board your ship and he wants to take it down he's gonna take it down because he's revan am i right yeah and you even had a i think bastilla bastilla shan 
Um, she she used battle meditation in the battle against it. I think right. That, oh that's... yeah, yeah. She sits she sits down right there on it and does her thing. <laughs> yeah, the best force power ever. Yeah. Sitting down <laughs> in <laughs> using the force. Actually, we've got uh, a Revan and Bastila Funko Pop coming out this next week. I think so. I'm excited about that. Really hoping that my pre-order is uh, happened. I don't. I don't know. I think I pre-ordered it. Just I'd like to be surprised. So I hope. Who better to be surprised by than Bastila <laughs> showing up on your front step? You know what I mean. Well, next up on the list is not from Kotor one, but it is, however, from Kotor two, and that is the Mass Shadow Generator. This, of course, was developed by the Exile Mitra Surik. Is you know the name that she's eventually given in the. Uh, the Revan novel, sorry, this image isn't more high res. It's actually like really hard to get like a really good high res image from a uh, original Xbox game, as it turns out. <laughs> <laughs> so this is not the Mass Shadow Generator. This is, in fact, Malachor Five imploding with this green chaos energy because of the Mass Shadow Generator that was developed by Beodur, the Zabrak friend technology guru of the exile you know the one who calls you general all through the game he's like what's up general how are you general um what a beautiful day general it's like bray O'Dur, get back on the ship i want to hang out with the wookie and the droid please leave me alone okay general but you can turn him into a jedi but before you know he's got his own guilt of having developed the mass shadow generator that was used against the mandalorians and at the end of the game you have to go back to malachor and face the the destruction that you've that you've caused on this planet. Now, Meg, you famously have not played KOTOR 1, but have played KOTOR 2 multiple times. Is that right? Yep. I have played it <laughs> dozens of times. Why? Don't ask. We actually talked about it on Cafes. That'll come out yeah, tomorrow. Yeah. That's what, yeah. That's, so, yeah. But, uh, um, that's what I'm talking about. I, I think if it's, only, if it's out tomorrow, I've already listened to it. So, I don't know how that <laughs> happened. But <laughs> I was there in the Zoom meeting all along. Ha <laughs> ha. Um, Meg, what is what do you think is the mass shadow generator's like defining feature compared to some of these other super weapons? <laughs> like it's because it's not like blowing up, it's not shooting anything, right? Yeah. It stands apart from some of these others. Meg, I warned you I was gonna ask yeah, you about a couple of these. I said you had to be on your toes. Did. <laughs> Let's play a game where uh Everybody takes a drink when I surprise Meg with a question she didn't know I was going to ask her. I'll take a drink of my cider that's now gotten cold. <laughs> I'm sorry, Meg. We'll uh, let you off the hook. Well, no, I, you know what? I got it now. Um, Great. Um, you know, the thing about this weapon is that... Um, um, <laughs> um, Beodora can, like, activate it, right? Or he can control yeah, it. Yeah, with so, a remote, yeah, right? With He's his got little, like his little droid remote buddy. thing. Oh, man, I'm having, like, flashbacks. <laughs> I need to play this game again anyway. I, you'd, you'll hear about it soon. I have a lot of games to play. but um, I want to get another remote that will follow me around in real life, like Beodur's remote. That would be really <laughs> annoying. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm not coming to Illinois anytime soon, so it wouldn't annoy you. <laughs> So my understanding of this is that it uses a planet's natural gravity well to like suck any ships or space stations that might be orbiting it um, down into the planet's core. Right. And the problem with that, of course, is yes, it ended the the war, the Mandalorian War, but it also decimated this planet. And so one of the things that I think is not very often dealt with in Star Wars is like the ecological damage that these wars cause. Yeah. 
the fact that like yeah there are all these beautiful wonderful planets in star wars you got your sand planets and your ice planets and your green lightning planets apparently um but the fact that like a lot of these places are decimated by this galactic conflict and so malcor 5 really is uh staring into the soul of just how ugly the star wars can get don't you think yeah yeah and you know what there's a there's a fun little note about this uh in in star wars rebels ezra just wants to figure out a way to defeat the inquisitors and he goes to yoda and talks with yoda i he, you know i want to get rid of these people how do i do it and and yoda just he tells him go go visit malachor i want you to go look at malachor and and meditate upon like what you've seen and i think ezra goes to malachor and he just sees this this dead planet with nothing on it and it used to be you know let's just say very much like our earth into this pile of just rock and uh that was basically yoda saying like it was one of the jedi's biggest mistakes and that's what happens when you try to win at all costs yeah, and Cheryl makes a good point that that happens on Hanagur, the Nogri world as well. Mm-hmm. So they deal with that in the Thrawn trilogy, kind of the, the ramifications of what the war does to some of these some of these ecosystems. And hey, we just had Earth Day last week. Made the joke about Captain Planet. Take care of your world, right? Um, go get outside and pick up uh, pick up some trash off the streets and make the world a better place in the name of legends, uh, so that we don't end up looking like this. Uh, okay, like this. <laughs> yeah. Am I right? Um, now, next up on the list is. Something that is a little bit more explosive in a traditional way, so not something that's sucking gravity down into a planet, not something that's sucking up star energy in order to make ships, but, well, it is, however, untraditional in another way. That is the Infant of Shaw. This appears in Dark Horse comics that we talked about last week. Uh, Jango Fett and Zam Wessel, they're two one-shots that are, like, interrelated and interconnected, um... Jango Fett and Zam Wessel are like in competition with each other, and then they team up, and Jango Fett's actually a hero, and I'll give one slight, small spoiler for this 20-year-old comic. It is the legend's death of Yariel Poof. Yariel Poof <laughs> sacrifices his long neck in order to uh, save Coruscant from this device exploding Coruscant from the underworld. You've got like these... There's like a Doug crime lord who... Uh, enlists Django to steal this thing, and very much like the Mandalorian, then he has to steal back the thing that he had first, uh, you know, been been enlisted to steal in the first place. Um, and so, this is known as the Destroyer of Worlds. It's kind of an Indiana Jones esque idol. If you are listening on audio, we have images of all these pulled up um, in the show on YouTube. You could, of course, Google them. Uh, we just pulled pretty much the first image off of Google Images because. Uh, that's how we roll around here on Legends Look Back. But um, this one's really quirky, little little goofy, very much an Indiana Jones-esque idol. Does this give you Indiana Jones vibes, Freddy? It does. It does. And it's probably the only super weapon on the list that is smaller than a planet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can fit in the palm of your hand or uh, whoever's clawed hand this is. doesn't look like mine. There's some long black uh, talons there. Um this, of course, was you know from like a primitive people, the Selot people, Selot people. I'm not sure how to say that, but what it does is it serves as a receptacle of force energy that, when released, would emit a disturbance in the force great enough to rip a world apart. And so this you know criminal syndicate is trying to blow up Coruscant for all of its corruption. And so uh, its fatal flaw, however, you know, is as Freddie alluded to. You're not likely to blow this up with an exhaust port. I'd say it's fatal flaw. It's not blown up in the story, 
it's it's just returned back to its rightful place. Back uh, with its mother, there's a bigger idol, uh, the mother of Shaw. The, the, I'd say its fatal flaw is the fact that you could just like easily stick it in the satchel, right? <laughs> it's pretty easy to thieve. You stick this thing in, oh, no. in a purse. Where'd I put my infant of Shaw? <laughs> Where'd I put my super weapon? Anybody see my super weapon? Yeah. Um, I, I guarantee you that if it was stolen by my three-year-old, she would stick it in her backpack. That's where she sticks all my Power Rangers toys. Sometimes my Funko Pops are in there. I'm just like, yeah, have you seen Revan? She's like, No. Hands are behind her back. Yeah, totally could do the same thing with this. Freddie, what is next on the list, though? Definitely more of a traditional super weapon, isn't it? Yeah, this one uh, is is one of our favorites. Uh, we we read about this recently in the uh, Jedi Academy trilogy, and that is the Sun Crusher. Uh, I think I think in the audiobook he might have said Star Crusher, but uh, yeah, Sun Crusher. Yeah, there's a mistake once in the audiobook. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. yeah, so we've got it right here on the screen. It's basically a uh, ice cream cone with a radar dish and some lasers. <laughs> What's funny is it's actually depicted on the cover of one of the Jedi Academy books, but it's depicted differently. Yeah. So there's actually a different ship that's not actually the Sun Crusher. They end up going. They describe a different design, and then a different design is used in other Legends material. I, I think that's just so early '90s Legends, isn't it? That they would put the wrong <laughs> ship on the cover. Yeah. Uh, we don't really know what this looks like. Just throw this one on there. <laughs> exactly. That's great. Yeah, so we we see the uh, the uh, Sun Crusher in the Jedi Academy trilogy, and uh, well, you know what what is its defining feature, Jared? What what do we know it, about this uh, thing? Well, you know, Kip Duron can uh, suck it up out of a is it a sun or a gas cloud? Is it in it Yavin like the gas? Giant? It was a gas giant. It's, yeah, I think it's a gas giant. It's it's indestructible. Like you can't blow it up. That's the thing. They're like, hey, the Death Star. They blew it up. Let's make one that won't blow up. And so it's it is you could even have it with like the high pressurized core of a a gas giant still left it totally intact and he could just hop in the cockpit. Um, I, that might be its most defining feature. Maybe Kip Duron's Sean Hunter haircut is like its most defining. <laughs> Sean feature, Hunter, though. I love it. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, and uh, of course, uh, who made it? That's that's a good one. We we read about her in Jedi. Jedi Academy trilogy. She was actually an Imperial uh, in the Maul installation by Kessel. I think she made a couple on this list. Quizooks? Yep. Yeah, she was definitely a... Yeah, she did make a couple. I think the next one on the list is is one of her inventions too. But she was basically a research uh, scientist, weapon, weaponier for the, uh, for the uh, Imperial Navy. And maybe most importantly, the only love interest of... Wedge Antilles in Legends or Canon, who first didn't already have a husband who was a s- presumed dead and then turned out to be an Imperial sleeper agent. Yeah. Oh, Wedge, man, Poor we're going to have to get some therapy for Wedge, but uh, also for Quizooks, because she's definitely scarred from the fact that the Imperials, <laughs> you know, uh, brainwashed her and she lost her memory after having created all this. But Suncrusher, I've actually, Freddie, looked into building like a custom Lego build of the Sun Crusher. I haven't pulled the trigger on it, but uh, I'm thinking about it. I thought you were going to say you're going to build it, a real Sun Crusher. I was like, okay, here we go. No, 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 no <laughs> not going to do that. Not going to do that. But uh, I've got to build some shelves for my wife's plants first, but then maybe a Sun Crusher. Um, in, in particular, I don't plan on blowing up any planets. You know who did, though? Kip Duran, and he blew up Karita, the Imperial like training academy. 
which, of course, this is the first few pages of Champions of the Force. Uh, F's in the chat for Kip's brother, who he yeah. kills with the Sun Crusher. Kind of an accident. He goes there, like, bluffs and tries to save his brother, but it's all Exar Kun's fault in the end, isn't it? Oh, it really is, yeah. Yep. Yeah, when in doubt, blame Exar Kun. And what do you think was the Sun Crusher's fatal flaw? Like, what was its... its it's a big problem. It doesn't have an exhaust port you can blow up. How did they end up defeating the Sun Crusher? Well, uh, let's see. The Sun Crusher, they just threw it into a black hole, and, and that was it, right? It was a single, it was piloted by a single person, and they just whomp, yeeted it into the black hole. I love that because that's also the exact same thing that happens to the next super weapon on the list, also from the Jedi Academy trilogy created. We're not going to spend as much time on this because it's a little cliche at this point that we were going to be talking about another Death Star. Not the first Death Star from A New Hope, not the second Death Star from Return of the Jedi, which famously, like, that wasn't George's plan A, the to have a, another Death Star. His plan A is actually some really cool Ralph McQuarrie artwork of uh, the, the Bast Castle. So we're going to go to Vader's Legends Castle, like to Palpatine's throne. And so there's some really cool, really cool artwork there that you can find on uh, on that. Meg, do you have an image of the Death Star prototype we can show people? The thing with this is that it's actually just like the bare bones. They're like, you know, let's just let's just first focus on making the circle and then the super weapon. Yeah, make sure it's got the laser. Don't leave the laser out. You can leave out the hot tubs, but like make sure it's <laughs> make sure it can blow up planets. I've got one request for my Death Star. I better be able to blow up planets. And, of course, they yeet it into a black hole in the end. Or maybe, <laughs> like, it accidentally gets too close to the black hole, if I remember correctly. I had a concussion when I was reading those books. I, I probably... <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you know, don't... Yeah, it's slogged through all those. Um, of course, it blew up one of Kessel's moons, so not a planet. did blow up a moon. R.I.P. to one of Kessel's moons. Which one? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Blew it up. It's gone. And... Um, what else needs to be said about this? The third Death Star, maybe is is just a question. Will there ever be a fourth Death Star? That's the real question, don't you think, Freddie? Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's one other important detail here. Uh, this is the the funniest thing about this Death Star, other than the fact <laughs> that it exists at all, is the fact that it missed the only shot it ever took. Uh, and it comes full full circle back to Wayne Gretzky. The only time it ever fired its laser was a miss. And if that isn't as representative of the Jedi Academy trilogy, I don't know what is. That's so perfect, <laughs> isn't it? Uh, Freddie, take us back in the past a little bit, back to the old school Marvel comics for this. This is actually a super weapon named after somebody who was a big fan of super weapons. Yeah, he 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 died on one. <laughs> but it's <laughs> it's the Tarkin, and uh, it appears in Marvel's Star Wars number fifty two. Uh, to take the Tarkin, and it, it if you look at some pictures, it, it almost looks like um, like uh, I don't even know how to describe it. it. Like you've seen those those massagers that look like a gun. You just kind of point it towards whatever. Yeah, it looks like one of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> For those deep tissue massages. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. can rub your back or blow up your home world. Exactly. So Either one, whatever. Tagline. Whichever one you want. So, uh, Jared, defining feature. On, uh, I tried to type, there's a super weapon in the chat, and uh, my phone just auto-corrected it to, there's a supermarket <laughs> from that story. <laughs> Come on, get with the, get with the show here, Siri. Um, this, the, the Tarkin's most defining feature, and in fact, I was doing some research on this. Some people consider it the best issue mm -hmm. of the old school 
mainline Marvel comic to take the Tarkin. It's issue 52. Um, this one, the whole, the whole joke about it, like it's the entire purpose of building it in the story. I went back and read it in preparation for the show. There's a lot of dialogue about the fact that like, hey, they were able to blow up the Death Star. So now let's build a super weapon that they can't blow up. And they're like over and over and over in the story. They're like, they're not going to blow this one up, right? And you're like, nope. <laughs> Nope, totally can't blow it up. Not this one out. Not this time. They're like, good, <laughs> ship it. <laughs> so it's like it has it's very explicitly stated in this story. No thermal exhaust ports. Yeah. Yep. Um this one comes from an Imperial designer who added, builds a couple on this list. It's kind of a competition in legends between Imperial uh, engineer Bevel Limelisk, which is just such a great legend's name, Limelisk. and uh, Qui for who builds the most super weapons. It's like they were having a hot dog eating contest, but instead of a hot dog eating contest, it was a super weapon building contest. Um, either they're both as horrific, don't you think? Yeah. But uh, Bevel Limelisk makes this; it blows up the planet eight and two, and uh, it's fatal flaw, Freddie. <laughs> you know there was a programming. Uh in this super weapon to fire upon itself for some reason. <laughs> it kind of should kind of should disable that, don't yeah, you, you think? you should probably just not even you... write that in the code. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know much about coding, but I know enough to say, like, probably shouldn't have put that one in there. And that's what the Rebels do. They, uh, they find that programming that makes it shoot itself. It fires on itself. How is that even possible? I'm looking at the design on this thing. How could <laughs> it know. possibly shoot, it sh- shoot itself? But it did. Yeah. Rest in peace to the Tarkin. And uh, it's actually, you know, quite a good issue for that uh, mainline Marvel run. So it's got a gorgeous cover. It's like all gold, which is cool. Yeah. Um, would make a great collectible piece for sure. Now, Freddie, I'm excited about the next couple. And that is, of course, because they come from one of my all-time favorite legend stories, Dark Empire. We've talked about these at length. We're not going to go into too much detail. First from Dark Empire are the World Devastators. Uh, they are the super weapon of the first Dark Empire story. They appear in the Rogue Squadron video game, in fact, which I'm excited to play at some point. I know, I've got it. I've never finished it. One of these days, I might just do it. Um, they made this one in the Maw installation, as far as I understand. It's, I don't know if it's stated in the story or not, because I'm going to have to reread Dark Empire again. If I have to, I might, just for the sake of research. Freddie, do you remember what it blew up in the story? Dak, right? That was the uh, homeworld of the Mon Cal. It, it devastated, but I don't think it blew up. I, I can't. I, yeah, for some yeah. Reason, so it's a yeah. technicality. Yeah. It. The good news for Dak is it's like it's a water planet. So how yeah. much water did this thing have to suck up? <laughs> it's like you know, if I tried to vacuum up water, I don't think that would go very well for my vacuum. But I know that the Mon Cal's are like super distressed in the story, and they call Luke on their comm links, and they're like, "You got to get these things out of here." And Luke's like, "Sorry, I'm a bad guy now." Wink, wink. So, <laughs> Actually, um, I'm the one that yeah, told him to go there. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. But then, thankfully, though, Luke had, you know, he had a change of heart. He had another plan in the works. Luke not only is the one who devastates Mon Cal, who devastates Dak, but he also is the one to disable the, uh, the super weapon. He disables the world devastators by having the central droid brain reprogram them once again to turn on each other. So they all start sucking up each other with their... Super weapon vacuum cleaners and uh, man, I freaking love these things. They're they're like a combination of Jawa sand crawlers and ATATs and star destroyers and yeah. and vacuum cleaners. Don't you think? Yeah, exactly. And the whole purpose of those was to suck up material to create weapons of destruction similar to Starforge. 
Yeah, I don't know if we said that, but uh, as you can tell, there's there tends to be a little bit of overlap with these. You know, yeah. you've got some similarity between the 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 Sun Crusher in canon. No, 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 we would call that thing Star Killer Base in canon with with uh, the Star Forge, which is a little similar to this one. So you know, we're picking and choosing here, but uh, we can recycle good ideas. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Lord knows, I've preached the same sermon two or three times <laughs> here and there. Sometimes in the same church. I just want to see if they notice. And they don't, which is fun. All right, uh, next up on the list is from later on in the Dark Empire series. And that is one that was really funny, especially for me as just like a fan and as a listener, to listen to the Cosmic Force crew talk about uh, one of their recent shows. It was especially funny if Jacob's still with us here in the chat. Very funny to hear Jacob try to describe the galaxy gun on that podcast. As somebody who like had just read Dark Empire, he's like... (laughs) It's like, well, it's like a, a big rifle in space that shoots <laughs> hyperspace-capable missiles yep. across the galaxy. Yep. <laughs> so what's here's the best part about this, Freddie. You know, the image we've got here on the screen, if you're listening on audio, shows a panel of the galaxy gun in Dark Empire. The galaxy gun is depicted as so long in Dark Empire <laughs> that, like, it never actually fits on a single panel. There's not a picture of the galaxy gun in one frame. Like, it's always shown as extending beyond the frame. Yeah. (laughs) So we can't even fit it onto the screen here. Not because we had to crop the image, but because there is no image in Dark Empire 2 or 3 of the galaxy gun in its entirety. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? I like that they're like, you know what? We should have a longer super weapon. Nope, longer. (laughs) Make it longer. Stretch it out a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> double the length and double it again. Now shoot it at the rebels. Nailed it. All right. Wait, they were on the planet. Ugh, I told you to make sure they were on the planet. That's the whole point. All right, find another planet. And then, of course, what happens to it after it blows up Pinnacle Base is, well, R2-D2 reprograms it to crash into a Star Destroyer. No, he reprograms a Star Destroyer to crash into it. Yeah. Freddie, how many Imperial ships and super weapons are destroyed because the Star Destroyer crashes into them. Yeah, I think we should, you know, the, the big hero here is how many how many super weapons has R2-D2 destroyed? <laughs> I think that's the big one. <laughs> He's the MVP of super weapon destruction. Yeah. Him and the weapon, the you know, the weapons themselves that destroy themselves on on accident. Yeah. Somebody should put some like some bumper rails up uh, around the edges on Star Destroyers <laughs> just in case. I mean, you think they learned their lesson like yeah. I mean, if they can do it at the bowling alley, surely you can do it on the, the your ship design fleet academy, whatever you call those places. Where do they build the ships? The Star Destroyers? There's a planet. It's uh, getting late over here on the East Coast. Uh, oh, man, you're it's making me run. Trilogy. You're making me run this. through it. Hold on. It's the end of the th- first Thrawn book, and there's the shipyards. Kuat? Is Ku- that a Kuat place? drives, yeah. Yeah, all right. We're yeah. Shoot, Kuat. Sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> Meg, you are next on the list for the next super weapon. Uh, tell us about the dark saber. Oh, it's the dark saber. It's not that dark saber though. It's this one. Oh wait, no, no, no. wait, yeah, Meg. We wanted to include that image for you because you are. <laughs> are you are you the biggest fan of the dark saber in all of Star Wars fandom? Um, sure, maybe. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Meg gets yeah. that award. If R two gets the award for killer of super weapons, all right. No, no. What's it's funny to me that they have. It's funny to me that there's two characters named Ray that were introduced in canon in the first year of canon. <laughs> you got Ray, Ray Palpatine, <laughs> and uh, Ray 
Sloan, you know, both introduced right there right off the bat. In the same way, like, we got two different things called the Darksaber. Well, in Legends, we've got the OG Darksaber, and it's this thing. And, Freddie, I've got to admit, it's been, like, uh, 20 years since I've read the book yeah. Darksaber by Kevin J. Anderson. But I'm looking forward to a reread. Um, Meg, you are up. Tell us about this Dark this dark saber. I almost called it Darth Saber. That's a different super weapon for a different day. Yeah, so it's um appeared in in the book, so named Dark Saber. Um it's basically I, I'm I'm just like reading off, so like correct me if I am getting things wrong, but um, <laughs> nah, don't tell them that. Just make it sound good. <laughs> um it's basically like it's just the laser part of the Death Star, basically. So like <laughs> Yeah, they were yeah. like who needs all that infrastructure? It's just, just like that one part. So kind of like the, uh, what what is it called? The cannon thing that they have um, in The Last Jedi? Like they Yeah, have the... there's there's a lot of Legends fans who have made that comparison. Yeah. And they're like, it's just the Darksaber. They just stuck right there in the salt. And they're like, blow up the base. And then Finn is like, you know what? I'm going to drive right into it. <laughs> like yeah. That's one thing about super lasers. Like, probably shouldn't fly right into the laser part yeah don't you think yeah probably not. <laughs> yeah don't do who that. made this one meg oh a name that i'm i should try to pronounce durga but durga durga the hut now freddie you mentioned that there's a there's a hut who made a super weapon and is this the one you're talking about no this is actually it's not even on the list which is great <laughs> But there, there's a. We've got multiple huts making multiple super weapons. Yeah, back during the hut wars, they, wow. they Jabba's made... just eating snacks, and some <laughs> huts are out there making super weapons. Yeah. yeah, there was a. You know, I don't want to take the focus away from this amazing dark saber. Uh, but but yeah, the huts created a thing. Uh, it's basically a rail gun that shoots. If I'm not mistaken, it shoots asteroids at like light speed, Whoa. and it was called like the okay. Planet Changa or something like that. <laughs> Look it up and tell us what story it's from <laughs> while Meg tells us a little bit more about the Darksaber. Uh, Meg, who... I mean, ah, I ruined it. I meant to say, what did <laughs> what did the Darksaber blow up? This is kind of uh, spoilery for the book, Darksaber. So Cry. if you're 30 years late on this book like I am. Uh, oh, man. I Guys, I'm so bad at pronouncing. <laughs> so bad you at got pronouncing it. It's a famous rebel general. <laughs> Rest in peace. Crix Maydean. It's not that hard. Yeah, Crix Maydean, General <laughs> Maydean, the Dark Saber. I I actually need to reread the book. I think according to the Wook article I was reading, that Crix Maydean was killed by Durga, hmm. but she was angsty. She uh, they're hermaphroditic, so they um, get my pronouns right on my huts, guys. Sorry, um, Durga <laughs> kills Crix Maydean, but it's about the Dark Saber and in the book called Dark Saber, and I'd like to imagine that it was with. The other dark saber, just straight up stabbed by a hut, and this one in particular was uh, destroyed in the book, the same book in which it originates. Uh, Meg, what happened to the dark saber? Yeah, and I don't mean it was stolen by Bo-Katan. Bo-Katan. <laughs> I mean, what what actually happened? Well, uh, because this weapon doesn't have any shields, it was um, unfortunately crushed by asteroids. <laughs> yeah, they crushed by asteroids. I yeah, think they were trying to read. retreat, right? They were trying to retreat into some some asteroid belt to hide or to get away from whatever was going on and they just got smushed. <laughs> that sounds right. I I haven't read this book since I was like 10, so it's due for a reread for sure. Definitely. 
Definitely. Yeah, I liked it when they were saying, like, we don't need all the infrastructure of the Death Star. We just need the laser part. They forgot, <laughs> like, you actually need shields because if there's one thing we know about Rebels is they love blowing up super weapons. Yeah. Uh, Freddie, did you find uh, the Planet Changa? What, what's, what story is it from? <laughs> so it's actually from the Essential, uh, what is it, the Essential Guide to Warfare. And oh, yeah, yeah, by Jason Fry. Exactly, yeah. And they're, they're going over the whole history of the Hut Wars and whatnot. And it's, it's a railgun that shoots asteroids at intense velocities that literally will crack an entire planet open. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, uh, I saw that there were some super weapons that were just in that book, but they didn't make my, my top 10 yeah. list. So finally on the list is one of the most important super weapons in all of Legends. Might get the most references just over and over and over. Keeps coming back mm. like, like Palpatine. You know, keeps resurrecting just over and over and over. Keeps coming back is Centerpoint Station. Ooh. Centerpoint Station first occurs in the Corellian Trilogy. And, man, is that thing phallic. Um, <laughs> it appears in the Corellian Trilogy. It comes up again in New Jedi Order Agents of Chaos 2 Eclipse, because it's got to love the New Jedi Order for its long titles. Um, it also comes back again in Legacy of the Force in three titles in that series. keeps coming back Betrayal, Exile, and Fury. It's got this weird relationship with Anakin Solo, if I remember correctly. Like, Anakin Solo has a special alien bond with this thing. I think he can talk to it, and maybe it can talk to him. It's, it is a little odd. It is a little odd, just like its history. Um, Freddie, if I remember correctly, this thing, it was created by, like, created by the bug people. It was created by the, the mind-controlling Kaliks, right? The, oh, uh, the Kaliks, how do you pronounce it? Kaliks, yeah, Kaliks. Yeah, this one, this one's even older than Starforge. Starforge was, what, 30,000 BBY? This one's 100,000 BBY. So this one's really old. Yeah, and so it comes up, you know, Troy Dennings got his whole uh, Darkness trilogy. I was just talking about these a couple days ago. Man, I've talked about these books a lot this week. <laughs> <laughs> Some legendsy legends books. Um, it, he he writes the the story of these people, and they're they've got the hive mind. So imagine how effectively your organization could work if you all shared a hive mind. Yeah. You thought you didn't like your coworkers, then uh, wait till you share a hive mind with them. Uh, in particular, this helped organize the five planets in the the Corellian system. So it put them in place by using its massive tractor beam by, you know, it generates huge amounts of nuclear, magnetic, electric, and hyperspace power because legends. And um, it makes, it's basically a, a massive hyperspace tractor beam, which yep. I think is really cool and different from some of the other planets on the list. What about you, Freddie? Yeah, it's really cool. So, so I, I'm almost positive center point station if I'm not mistaken, you can see it in in Star Wars Galaxies when you're when you're in space on Corellia because that's the system it's in. And I mean, you've got Corellia, Salonia, Drawl, Talus. You got them memorized, Freddie? Yeah. Didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> and I think the other one is Tralis or something. I forget. It's like one just of like them. Salonia. Did you say Salonia? Yeah, Salonia. Yeah. Okay, because that's got the otter people, the one that yeah. Han punches in the face. Yeah. I love that image so yeah. much. Yeah. So it was it, it, <laughs> Center Point Station. Basically, the the theory, you know, if you look at, I forget what I, where I read it, but the theory was that it, you know, they were trying to figure out how all of these these five planets were just so perfectly placed around the same orbit, and you know, center point station is like right there, so yeah, that's that's where everything starts. Yeah, that's the theory. It's you know, we've got the 
um, the belief that you know, I'm not sure if I subscribe to it because I'm a skeptic about a lot of things that you know that the our world that the Earth almost called the Earth the U.S. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> the Earth was originally Pangea, right? We had this one continent that, you know, was divided up uh, via big earthquakes or something. I obviously did great in science class as a conservative Christian. <laughs> um, was paying a lot of attention for sure. Um, uh, but I like the idea that like Star Wars has some myths about that too. Mm-hmm. But this time around, it was a massive hyperspace tractor beam that reorganized the planets in this system. And so instead of continents dividing, it was planets being pulled closer together. So kind of a fun uh, remix on what might have even happened in our own world, which is cool. In, in the stories, this one actually blows up a lot of things. Yeah. It, it it creates quite a bit of havoc along the way. At one point, uh, Han Solo's evil cousin, Thraken Sal Solo. Uh, we love Thraken here on this show, especially when he's in the thrift store. Um, <laughs> and at one point, I forget what, exactly what book it is, he blows up a Hapen flotilla. By accident, these, right? Or... Know, uh, the Hapens show up to help, and then, yeah, it's it's this big mistake. It's kind of uh, sickening, honestly. Yeah. Um, at one point, I think it actually even blows up much of the Maw cluster um, as well. So it's one of the things they did really well in Legends was like those callbacks to the, some of those OG stories. So it blows up both the Hapens and the Maws. I would say, and the Maw cluster, one of the more destructive super weapons on this list, don't you think? I think so. I think it tops... If you if you look at a lot of YouTube videos of like super weapons in Star Wars, usually center point station is always like number one. For some reason, I, I mean it's crazy. Oh, it's really? a crazy. Okay. It's a crazy machine if you think about it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and, and what's cool, of course, is is if you're reading Legends, this is probably maybe more than any else in the rest of this list. Correct me if you think I'm wrong here, Freddie. I think this one might be the most consequential to the overall story of Legends. I think so. I would say so. I could see that. I could see that. Ultimately, I don't remember exactly what happened to it, other than the fact that, like, it definitely eventually got off the rails because it had this weird relationship with Anakin Solo. (laughs) I think at one point, the computer droid brain even thought that it was Anakin Solo? Yeah. That sounds right to me. Yeah, it's something like that. Yeah. Yeah, what, Meg, does that sound weird to you? Now you're going to think this sounds weird? (laughs) (laughs) At this point in the show? Hey, so uh, Center Point Station has a thing for me, and I'm really just trying to, like, ghost it. (laughs) (laughs) What do I do? I love that. Yeah, and I think they end up reasoning with the droid brain that controls it into parting ways with the alter ego of Anakin Solo. Yeah. So weird. Something like that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So uh, let us know in the chat. Let us know in the, in, uh, the YouTube comments. Let us know in the Discord. Legends Look Back Twitter, there's all kinds of different ways to interact with us. Which of these was the best? Which of these was the worst? Um, Which is a Legends super weapon that we left off the list and we should have talked about? We'd love to hear what you have to say about it. Freddie, which of these is the top of the list and which is the bottom of the list for you personally? Uh, it's just like style points or explosive capabilities or or uh, just you know how much fun we had talking about it tonight yeah. which story it came from that you enjoyed the most reading there's there's you create your own criteria what's your favorite and what's the worst i i really like starforge honestly i feel like starforge has such a rich history in in star wars you see it in in star and rebels you you see it in knights of the old republic right you see it in the books it's it's all over the place. It, it's permeated, you know, uh, 
I guess pre Disney. I, I, I guess post. I'm not sure, but it, it's it's it, <laughs> it's hard to it's hard to tell. But the fact that it just has this 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 uh, you know of course Revan Malik, Bastilla. You know it's it's there's a lot of history there and a lot of big names and people and it's a curious little weapon if you ask me. Little nothing not little. The Starforge. Yeah. I I have I have a strong connection to it because I've played Kotor so many <laughs> times. Like I probably played through complete playthroughs maybe 10 could be 12 times um it's hard not to i think it's on sale right now in fact for five dollars for the may the fourth sale so you've got no excuse not to hop on there and play it other than your excuse might be that you've got like 200 legends comics to read because those are also on sale that's the only valid excuse unless you get blown up by a super weapon that's also a valid excuse um i misspoke so that was by the your... way i i meant mass shadow generator was in rebels but oh, either yeah, yeah, way yeah. you know starforge it still permeates I was just going with it, Freddie. Yeah. I, I just trusted that you knew what you were talking about. Um, do you have a least favorite? Honestly, the Infant of Shaw is not my favorite. Uh, the story behind it is cool, but it just seems like such a little dinky thing that it, I, I didn't take it as seriously. That's what makes it cool. That's what makes it cool. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I prefer I the mean, dark it's definitely <laughs> If you're like going to take your friend you know, who comes to visit and you're going to show them around the place, you know... Um, show them the coolest things in the neighborhood, you'd probably, you know, want to show them the massive galaxy gun that you've got hanging up on the wall as opposed to the infant of Shaw. Yeah, you probably will get killed by the locals if you want to even get there in the first place unless you're wearing your Mandalorian armor. That's fair. That's fair. Meg, I'm going to ask you too. I'm going to give you a warning while I tell everybody uh, what my favorite and least favorite is. At the moment, my least favorite is the Darksaber only probably because it's been so long since I've read it and I'm not as familiar with it and I uh, find it kind of funny that it's just, it's just the canon, you know, so it's like the Death Star Light. I'm going to say my favorite is the World Devastators. I, I love those from Dark Empire. I mean, big surprise. I'm going to say Dark Empire. Um, I, I love the threat that they pose. And the, there's an image. Let's see if I can find it. I'll put it in the Discord of Luke with his hand, like Spectral Luke, looking like a Scooby-Doo villain <laughs> with his hand hovering over this fleet of Imperial ships and world devastators, and he's he's in command of them, and the rebels are realizing that Luke Skywalker is the new Vader um, commanding these things, and then in the end, Luke is the one who ends up defeating them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that as a plot point. I love the design on them, too. They're so... They're so... Uh, like they're, They look like an original Star yeah. Wars ship. They're impractical in like that AT-AT kind of way. They're yeah. very boxy. Um, they look They look rustic. Um, in a kind of aged universe way. How about you, Meg? Uh, favorite and the least favorite out of all we've all of these we've talked about tonight? Um, I'll start with my least favorite, which is uh, probably the galaxy gun. I just think at some point, like you got to stop. <laughs> like it's it's too much. It's too extra. It's you know what? No, I'm good. I don't need it. Um, yeah, there. That is one thing about Dark Empire too. Is it's extra. That's oh. for sure. <laughs> You're right. Oh yeah. Um. And uh, and my favorite, um, just because uh, I have to say the dark saber, I have to say it. Um, I'm obligated. Uh, you know, I it's 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 not it's not the same dark saber as uh, the one that we all but know and love, but it's there yeah. uh, with the same name. There's a whole book called Dark Saber, so that's, that's right. cool. Uh, yeah. Meg, what if wouldn't it be cool if we got a new book just titled Dark Saber um, that is canon? That's about the dark saber like from maul and bo-katan and uh, whoever else the Mandal- mandalorian um 
but it's just got the same name. I love it when Star Wars does Can- that. You've got Empire's <laughs> End is both canon and legends. You get The Last Jedi. It's the book I'm reading right now. It's, it's a, there's a movie called The Last Jedi. Ever heard of it? <laughs> uh, all right. So so did you – yeah, you gave your least favorite and your favorite. Let us know in the chat if you have a preference. Uh, Skuma Joe says he loves the World Devastators. All right. High five through the forest, Skuma Joe. Me too. Um, how, about, how about this one, Freddie, as we wrap up the show? One last question. Design your own super weapon. Okay. Okay. And tell me, tell me, what does it do? What do you blow up with it? And what is its fatal flaw? Okay. All right. Ready? So it's going to be a ship that transforms, right? So the engines come out from the bottom, come out at a 90 degree angle, maybe turn into feet. It's like a transformer, right? Then it opens up. <laughs> and what do you know? It's made with a vacuum cleaner sucking all the air up from the planet. Spaceballs. Like the Jetsons? Oh, okay, yeah, Spaceballs. That's Um, great. Yeah, let's just go with that. I'm cool with it. I don't know if I've ever made it all the way through Spaceballs. I've definitely seen a bunch of parts of Spaceballs a lot. I don't, maybe that's what I should do for Star Wars Day. There we go. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to watch Spaceballs from start to finish. And uh, when my wife leaves me, I will uh, give her your phone number. So, that uh, Freddie, you can apologize to her for <laughs> the fact that, that you gave me this idea. Uh, Meg, do you have uh, do you have your own super weapon you want to pitch to us? Oh, um, uh. <laughs> the <laughs> dark saber, uh, a dark saber, but really, the really size big. of the galaxy gun. Yeah, <laughs> but really long. <laughs> what do you, what do you blow up with? What do you stab with your dark saber? Oh. You're very very impractically long dark saber mag. Um uh, 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 a planet I don't like. I don't know. I I'm trying to think of uh a cup full of noodles. Taurus, sure. Taurus. All right, great. You said Taurus. Oh, you sound so Oh, fancy. I'm sorry. Are you going to make fun of me for the way I pronounce things? No, no. I was just surprised as what it was. All right. I've been sitting here thinking about what mine would be. And I'm just standing here staring at my new Thrawn action figure's glowing eyes. So I'm going to say that my act, my uh, my super weapon is just a big... It's just like a Death Star, but it's big and red. We call it the Eye of Thrawn. Mm. And um, it blows up whatever planets have the worst art. All right? <laughs> Whoever is the least artistic... They get the axe. They get the the Eye of Thrawn. Isn't there a book called the Eye of Thrawn? There's a book. What is it? Hand of Thrawn. Hand the Hand of Thrawn. Thrawn. That's a that's a thing. All right, I, I was close. Eyes, hands. <laughs> that's a cool weapon, man. I like Coming that. Soon. Yeah, well, I, it was, I was going to go with something else, <laughs> and then I was looking at Thrawn, and he he wouldn't stop looking at me with those red <laughs> eyes, man. All right. Well, this has been fun. Let us know what your ideas are. We would love to hear your ideas. Uh, we've got one here in the chat. Um, Spice Dan Jacob says that Meg shoots a copy of Heir to the Jedi. Okay. So that's a good one, too. Not mine, though. That sucker's hard to get. Those uh, those hardcovers of Heir to the Jedi are rare. Ooh, keep your keep your super weapon off of my copy, please. <laughs> Well, uh, on our next episode, it is going to be a lot less ridiculous, a lot more meaningful and thoughtful because we are going to have our friend Cheryl Bell joining us for the next two episodes for our two-part roundtable on Outbound Flight by Timothy Zahn. Could not be more excited for 
us to be talking about that. Uh, just recently listened to Cheryl's appearances on Kanja Book Club, talking about Heir to the Empire, and she's really collecting these these Thrawn book, these these Timothy Zahn book appearances in her gauntlet-like uh, Infinity Stones, isn't she, at this point? <laughs> so <laughs> excited to have her on. Really looking forward to that. Um, and, of course, we want to announce the winner of our giveaway. If you type the word Legends in the chat tonight, uh, tonight you have been entered into a giveaway to win one Legends omnibus on Comixology of your choosing. Um, if you... Um, we will... What's the right way? We've never done a giveaway like this before. Meg, you're a producer. Help me out here. What do you think? They Can, can we message each other on YouTube? Uh, Is there a way to private message? Uh, Slide I, in those DMs. Yeah, I, yeah, there we go. Do it on Twitter. Yeah, go to our Twitter. Yeah, go to our Twitter. And, and DM, uh, DM Legends Look Back on Twitter that you won the giveaway, and uh, we will get you that within the next uh, 48 hours. Yep. And uh, probably... All right, and so we're going to hit you while that sale is still active through May the 6th. Uh, we'll spend up to $1.99. All right, so that's the limit. That's the stipulation on the sale. If you type the word legends, we've got a handful of entries here. Let's roll the dice on this. And our giveaway winner tonight is Nia Lewis. So congratulations Yay. on that. You have won a Legends comic. So, hey, now we'll talk about what that's going to be. There's a way to send you that but we'll figure it out. I'm sure it's got to be easier through the, uh, the galaxy gun. Just shoot interwebs. It. <laughs> we'll shoot the uh, hyperspace shoot missile. Hyperspace <laughs> missile. <laughs> so good. Thanks for being here with us live in the chat. If you want to do more live giveaways like this, let us know. Not that difficult to do. I I say as I scrambled to figure it out. <laughs> that does it for this week. This has been a lot of fun. Thanks for watching Legends Look Back or listening. Hey, if you are of course listening on uh, on audio, we're glad to have you there as well. If you are on an audio platform, though, it would be helpful if you left us a review. Let us know what you think, as long as it's positive review. All right, keep it good. Keep it good. Keep it keep it kind. Be generous. Uh, and, of course, we'd love to help other people find the show. If you've enjoyed it, I'm sure others would as well. We want to say thank you to our incredible patrons for their support and helping us make this show, and we are glad you are along for the ride. Special thank you specifically to Cheryl Bell, Patrick Ortiz, and Carl Sander on our Jedi High Council, Elizabeth Cloutier, Jason Mitchell, Sally and Chris Eilerson, and you know him and love him, Freddie C., on our Alliance High Command. Want your thoughts read on the show? Email us at legendslookback at utini.com. Send us a message in the Legends Look Back Discord channel. Leave a comment on this episode on YouTube or something else. Where am I? Here we go. Find us on Twitter at Legends Look Back or at Jared Q. Mays. Freddy is at Wake Up Freddy. Or you can find Meg at Meg Dowell. Excellent. If you're looking to buy some of these books, some of these amazing books like Darksaber that we've talked about tonight, and you want to help support the show, you go on over to utini.com, click the Amazon link in the profile. Or, of course, if you've read these and you want to let us know what you think, leave us a review. Remember, of course, whether you're buying books collecting books reading books listen to us podcast about books remember whatever you do remember to keep the utini fan code and be a force for positivity in the fandom thanks for joining us this week may the force be with you this is a utini broadcast 